already know what it is it's your coach and knows who's the most man coach can we back for another episode man it's episode six we still in the mix and you already know how i do it man this week we're gonna talk a lot of hoops you know we're gonna travel talk about some grassroots basketball some aau a couple tournaments happened this weekend want to talk about some players some teams that did very well Gonna talk about some college commitments. Some guys are starting to make their decisions now about their recruiting, where they transferring to, what schools are they going to. So we're gonna talk about some college commitments. We're gonna talk about Imani Bates and Demi- uh, him um, decommitting from MSU and what that does for him and his recruitment. We also gonna talk about a little bit of the NBA, but you know I already know what it is. This your coach that knows hoops the most, man. Let's dig right in it. Uh, talk about grassroots basketball. Travel hoops was on the on the up and up this past weekend. The Bill Hensley um, running slam was happening down in Fort Wayne, down at Spies and Plasman um, Center, uh, down the street from, from Spies, where they got a bunch of courts, a bunch of games coming on. And it was a lot of players, a lot of teams that was doing well. It wasn't a lot of Michigan teams there, uh, which is a little bit different, a little bit different. There, there are usually a few more Michigan teams that play in this tournament, uh, but like to see the family there. Uh, so we get a, a good chance to, to get some prospects from them. Um, even though they played last week in Kentucky, they come back and they play in Fort Wayne. So that's a good look for the family. We'll talk about a couple of their kids. Uh, but the speech, man, I mean, if you're not a hooper until you play that space and you play in the running slam, I mean, it is what it is. It's one of the biggest tournaments in the Midwest. Uh, even though it wasn't a whole lot of Michigan teams there to represent uh, Grand Rapids Storm, they were down there. The family was there. It was a few teams from Michigan there, not a whole lot, but enough to where, you know, we got to cover it. And uh, back home, uh, the the Michigan Warriors had their own jam fest where you had a bunch of local teams. And it was a lot of a lot of talent in the Warriors jam fest um, and their tournament that didn't go to space and just stayed home. And I like to see that. I like to see. When you have a local tournament and then you have local teams play in that local tournament. So that was cool because you had Reese there, you had the Warriors there, you had the Playmakers there, Eminem Boys, DTO. I mean, it was a good look. It was a good look. It was college coaches there. Um, I know I saw Joey Mayda, Albion, he was there. Uh, Kalamazoo College was there. Uh, other schools were there as well. So it's good to see the small level schools stay home and take, take care and take some looks at some local talent. So that was good. So, uh, but let's start with, let's go back to the to the Bill, the Bill Hensley running slam. I want to talk about the family. Um, their 17U lost in the semifinal to Grand Park, uh, Grand Premier Park. But they had a good showing. They had a good showing. They went two and one in their pool play. And they had a good showing. Now, they, this team's got a lot of guards. I mean, you got Keon in the field. You got Jason Drake. I mean, you got Chauncey Willis from King. You got a lot of guards from this team. Kyler Vanderjack. Uh, Ashton Henderson from Oak Park. You got a lot of guards on this team, but the one player that had a really good weekend for the family was Cooper Craggs. Um, in one of his games, he had 22 and seven. Uh, he's an inside player, not quite an inside and out. He can't really make the three like that. He'll throw a couple of them in the ocean, but I'll tell you what, if he does add the three ball to his game, I mean, he mid major plus easy at his size. He's six, seven, six, eight. He gets it done in the, in the paint. Uh, but for his size, he's going to have to be able to make the jump shot. And this weekend, particularly in this game, 
uh, in pool play that he had on Saturday. I mean, 22 and seven. I think he had like four or five blocks on the contest. I mean, Craggs is a very interesting prospect. If I'm a mid-major, I'm looking at him. But how how his his recruitment will really follow how his jump shot goes. If he can show that he can add the jumper to his game, then I, I'm for sure he's mid-major plus. If he can't add the jumper, the three ball to his game, because that's how the game is played now. If you're if you're a four or five, they're not really looking at you back to the basket. I mean, even at the highest level, there aren't too many teams that's throwing it to you on the block, the on the block, and you go on to work. All right, there's only a, a few guys that's doing that. Even at the highest level of basketball in college, you'll have some teams that'll do it, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, but the game, the, it's a guards game now. And if you're big, if you're a four particularly, you got to be able to pick and pop. You got to be able to dribble handoff. You got to be able to want to attack and get to the rim. And if you can't do those things, there are certain schools that will not recruit you. So until Cooper Crash can add that portion to his game where he can add the three ball to his game, he can create a shot off of one or two dribbles, not a whole lot, uh, shot fake and attack, that type of thing, it will see how we'll see how his recruiting will go. Other uh, players from the family that played well at different levels, 16U Sonny Wilson. I mean, we've talked about this kid before. He's probably one of the best sophomores in the state. Uh, juniors, uh, he'll, be a, uh, he'll be a junior next year, the 2023. Uh, you know, some people, they do 2022, 2023, and it gets, it gets confusing a little bit, uh, but he's a sophomore, one of the best sophomores in the state, and... He's showing it, man. He's putting the ball on the floor. He's stretching the floor with his three ball. He's getting in the lane. Not a, not quite attacking the rim as much as he should. He's got a very good mid-range game. But Sonny Wilson is a kid that if you're keeping tabs on some younger players, I know coaches, even, even though they're not really enamored, enamored by the 17U class, I know for sure they're looking at the 16U class. And he's a guard at the mid-major level. Mid-major plus, you want to keep tabs on because if he gets, if he grows another inch or two, oh, buddy, it's just a wrap. Uh, you know, his older brother, C.J. Wilson, is just a little bit taller, about, about the same size. They're about 5'11", 6 feet. Uh, if he grows a little bit, I can see his, his recruitment going through the roof. Uh, but if he doesn't grow, he's going to kind of stay where he is, right around the mid-major level. But he's still a very good player. So I wanted to talk about him. Uh, Bates fundamental EYBL was in this tournament, even though Amani Bates was not. He did not play. And we're going to talk about Amani Bates and him de uh, decommitting from MSU a little bit later in this in this forecast, this podcast, whatnot. Uh, but there's one player on the team that did have a very good showing, and that's Javon Hanna. Javon Hanna has he went to MC Prep and he started slow. He had a shoulder injury, missed a couple games. And even in the game I saw him when I went up and saw MC Prep play against Spire, he showed some glimpses. He showed some glimpses of shooting the jump shot, saw some glimpses of getting to the rim. And that was on full display this weekend. He, he let it be known that he's a recruit that you need to be paying attention to. Now, they try to say he's 6'4", 6'5". Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I know he's a big guard. I know he's a big guard. I don't know if he's 6'2 or 6'4". But I tell you what, he's a monster. He's a beast. He's a beast. And if he could consistently make a three ball in the mid-range is very good. He's mid-major plus, maybe tinkering on a high major level. I think he would be very good at a mid-major plus level because he's a big guard. He's one of those guards. And if he played in the MAC, you'll be like, man, how did this kid get to the MAC? If you're doing your due diligence and you're recruiting these kids well before they get to 17U, then you got a chance to get a kid like Javon Hanna. Javon Hanna 
he had a very good showing uh, this weekend for Bates Fundamental, even without Amani Bates. And that's the one thing. When Amani doesn't play, you get a chance to see some of these other guys. You get to see uh, Dylan Hunter, to see what he's working with. You get to see a Javonna Hannah. So you, it's understandable why he didn't play because he struggled last weekend against Team Final uh, when they played down in Dallas. And like I said, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but Javon Hannah took he took advantage. He took full advantage. He didn't have to worry about passing the ball to anybody. He could play his game, and he was in a good zone. Just looking at the highlights, I wasn't able to attend the tournament, but just looking at some highlights, it looked like he was dialed in. And they ended up losing to um, Grand Park Premier, a very good team, and making it all the way to the finals. And Javon Hannah was a very good player in this tournament. Um, but the team, the team to watch, the team that got it done was the Mean Streets. And I know this is the Recruit the Mitten podcast, I understand. But if I'm a college coach, I'm paying attention to the Mean Streets program because they went down to Bill Hensley and from the 14U to the 17U, all four of those teams, 14U, 15U, 16U, and 17U played in the championship game. And the 17U won and the 15U won. So when you can win a tournament like this, you need to be paying attention to some players that's on their roster. So if I'm a school like Central Michigan, it makes sense that I bring in a coach or supposedly, supposedly, because they haven't announced their staff, supposedly bring in a coach that has the Paul ties and has ties to the Chicago area because you need to be recruiting those kids. Now, I recruit, I recruit the mid, right? I want Michigan players to go to Central, to go to Western, to go to Oakland. I'm not saying that their whole rosters should be Michigan kids. I, I have always said that the importance should be placed on recruiting Michigan kids and the importance should be placed on offering Michigan kids. But I'm not saying you never recruit Chicago. I'm not saying you don't recruit Indy. I'm not saying you don't recruit Ohio because there are plenty of good players across those state boards. Plenty of good players in Ohio that can play in the MAC. Plenty of good players in Illinois that can play in the MAC. So you need to have your feet planted because the Main Street's got some players. And look, lo and behold, they're well. well I won't say their best three players, but th- three of the better players on their team are from Michigan. You got R.J. Hampton, guard from Grand Blank. Now let's talk about R.J. right quick. R.J. just won a state championship with Grand Blank. He's looking more like he used to just just be a shooter. Just a good player, just a shooter. He's looking like a bona fide, certified college level guard. A guard that can make plays as a point guard, a true point guard. He can make the open three. He gets he, he gets his players open. So he's looking just more like, you know, before he was just, oh, okay, RJ Hampton, you know, he's a freshman, good little player making shots. No, no, no. RJ Hampton can play. I'm sorry, RJ Hampton. Man, I'm tripping. RJ Taylor can play. He's more than just a shooter. He can make the three. He get his teammates open. Um, I mean, between him and Kareem Rozier, I don't know what other schools are waiting on for Kareem Rozier. Kareem Rozier is one of the top point guards in the state. And I, I don't I don't know what schools are waiting on. I think they're so enamored by his size because he's not a big guard. But Maurice Jones Cooper wasn't a big guard either. And he ended up going to the Pac-12. So just because you're not a big guard don't mean you can't get it done. Kareem Rozier can get it done, and he's, he's proven it at all levels in high school, um, gets all the way to the state championship, a state semifinal. Well, they lost to the eventual state champion, uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's lost in the quarterfinal to Grand Blank, who was the state champion, uh, and we knew that whoever won that game was going to win it all, and Grand Blank ended up doing so. 
uh, but he's done it in high school. He's, he's done it in, on the grassroots level. I'm telling you, if you need a true point guard, just don't look at his size. Because he's 5'9", 5'9", 5'10". You'd be like, man, that's a little guard. But he talks on the floor. He's going to get the best players in the ball where they're effective, where they can score. I mean, part of Ty Rogers' success is because of Kareem Rozier. Because he could get him in spots where he's able to make plays. And speaking of Ty Rogers, one of the better players in the tournament was Ty Rogers. Now, he caught some cramps in the, in the championship game. And they had another kid that's a high major. It's Jayna Washington. Uh, it's not a Michigan kid, but somebody you need to be, have on your radar. Um, but this Mean Street team is good. I mean, Ty Rogers, he's he's good as advertised, man. He He's not flashy. He just gets the job done. In the fast break, he might windmill it. He might dunk it with two. But he's going to get rebounds. He's going to check. He's going to score. He's going to make threes. I mean, he does everything a college-level player, high-level player is supposed to do. He gets the job done. And he's a winner. So I know coaches love winners. And he's got like 15 Division one um, offers right now. He might have more than that. His latest, latest one was from Minnesota. Uh, so who knows where he goes? But I'm telling you right now, he can go anywhere in the country. He can go anywhere in the country and get it done. He kind of reminds me, and it's going to sound crazy, because you're like, man, that guy in the league, he don't really do very much. Um, Ty Rogers reminds me of Harrison Barnes. Now, I know you're going to say, well, Harrison Barnes, he's an NBA, but he ain't a great NBA player. Well, uh, I mean, he, he had a very good college career. He went lottery. He's still in the league averaging 15, 16 points a game. So, I mean, he ain't a bust. So Harrison Barnes, I think, is a very good comparison to Ty Rogers because Harrison Barnes, when he was in college, he ain't flashy. He's not the guy to top the key, hits you with two, two in and outs and a crossover, step back and hit a three. But guess what? If he on the break, he's going to hit a three on you. Then he's going to guard the best player. Then he's going to rebound. Then he's going to block shots. And you looked up like, man, this guy got 18 points. He got seven rebounds. He got five assists. He got three blocks. You're like, man, that's a heck of a stat line, right? But he ain't flashy. Ty Rogers is like that. He ain't very flashy. But I tell you what, he gets the job done. So if you need a guy at a high major level that's just going to come in and get it done, Ty Rogers is your guy. Other guys to look for. Um, that came out and played well in this tournament at the 15U level. I know he's a freshman. I know, but the kid out of Kitwood, uh, Christian Humphrey Rembert, write that name down. You're gonna gonna watch this kid. He's one of those kids at six seven, maybe six eight. He's Romeo Weems like. He's Isaiah Jackson like, where he's active on the boards. He can make the three. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. His game is still you know progressing because he's a freshman. But I'm going to tell you right now, the kid out of Kentwood is a stud. He is a stud. You need to go watch Christian Rembrandt. Was it Christian Humphrey Rembrandt from Kentwood? I'm telling you, this 6'7 kid is special. He's special. He's going to be one of the best players in our state. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, he's going to be right there. So, coaches, make sure you put this name on your recruiting board. It's one of those guys, one of those names where, you know, just want to keep tabs on them. Because right now, he's still 15 years, he's still a freshman. But I'm telling you right now, this kid is special. He played well. So you had the, uh, the Mean Streets. They played well here in the Bill Hensley running slam. Uh, the family had a good show, even though they lost to Grand Premier Park. And Grand Rapid Storm. Grand Rapid Storm played. And Max Burton. Let's talk about Max Burton a little bit. He really struggled against Mac Irvin Fire. Really struggled. Um, you put an athletic player on him. That's 6'6", 6'7". 
and he wasn't able to get a shot off. This is what was told to me. I got people, I got eyes there that's taking notes and stuff. Wasn't able to get his shot off. Looked really bad. And some of these tournaments, they can do well for you. Some of these tournaments, they can hurt your recruiting. A guy like Max Burton, who already had Division One offers from Oakland and Central and 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 wherever, he has Division One offers. I think he's had, I think he's got four. Toledo's in there. Um, and then you see him go up against another college level player, whether they have offers or not. And you really get to see does this game translate to the college level? So for a guy like Max Burton, it's gonna be about fit because he really didn't look well. I, there were coaches that left this game and they said, man, I, I got I'm reserved about Max Burton. I don't know what level he is now. He's definitely not high major uh, right now. Uh, Mid-major, maybe. Uh, but he might have to reevaluate some things uh, going forward because he did not have a very good showing against Macker and Fire. And that's one thing about basketball is if you're a person like me, Coach Cam, and you get intel from different coaches in different places, it's, it's okay to have a bad game. It's okay to be critical. It's okay to say, yeah, that player struggled. It's okay to say, yeah, he really doesn't shoot the three ball. You got to be honest in this game, man, because if you're not, these coaches are going to come back to you and be like, hold on, coach. Like, you told me this kid was high major, and I put him up against my college guys, and he can't get a rebound. He can't get a stop. He can't make a shot. Like, he, so he's not aggressive at all, coach. You didn't know that? So these coaches want all the information, and trust me, Coach Cam is going to give it to you. I'm going to give you all the information, and it's no biased. I don't care who these kids go, what schools they go. I ain't getting the bag. Trust me, I did DoorDash this afternoon. So I ain't getting the bag from nobody. I'm trying to find out how to pay for diapers and daycare, just like everybody else. So trust me, this basketball stuff ain't paying the bills. I'll just let you know the real. I'll give it to you the real because I'm the coach that knows who's the most. And, and Max Burton, he better figure something out because he did not have a very good showing against the Mac Irvin Fire. And coaches will, will write you off. Coaches will come to one game and they'll see you against some college level players and then you'll have a bad game and they'll write you off. They'll never come watch you again. And then they'll tell their buddy and say, well, how Max look? And they're like, I don't know if he can play in the GLIAC. I'm pretty sure there's some GLIAC coaches that said, ah, I hope he goes to Oakland because he can't play here. He can't play affairs. Not looking like that. So it happens a lot. These tournaments can hurt you and they can help you. And for Max Burton, ooh, he's going to have to figure it out. Other tournaments this weekend, the Warriors Jam Fest in Livonia uh, was out at hype. I took my boys out there. They going crazy. They both, they all on the floor. They running everywhere. It's work, man. It's work. So, so me going to the tournament and actually sitting down and evaluating some talent didn't happen. Nope, it didn't. I tried to. I wish it did. Uh, but the one thing that I got from the Warriors Jam Fest is that there was local talent there. DTO Elite, Defy the Odds, uh, Dejon Kurd, uh, Greg Bowler. They've got a program where they've got some talent, particularly at the 16U level. They ended up winning the tournament at the 16U level. Uh, you got Amari Allen, a guard out of Hamtramck, All-State guard. I mean, I think he's Keith Applin, man. This kid is, he, he's hes decisive. I mean, he's hes long, he's linky. He can score. He can get to the rim. I mean, he's a very intriguing prospect. If I was a mid-major uh, level coach, I would be watching him. <clears throat> Prince Jackson um, out of Farmington played well for this team. Uh, who else did they have? They got a really good team, man. They got the guard, Caden Brown. Caden Brown, who had 40 last weekend at the tournament he played in. He played well again, just won a state championship at Grand Rapids Catholic Central. I mean, he's a very good guard to watch as well. So you want to be paying attention to this DTO team. 
They are very good. They've got some pieces that when you put them in a national type of tournament, you put them in the, in the UA Rise, I think they're, they're Under Armour, they could do very well on that circuit. 17U was won by the M&M boys. Uh, Marco Maxim got some guys playing for him, particularly Mac Mansell. And I know if you've been listening to this podcast, I ain't got to tell you no more about Mac Mansell. I ain't got to tell you. I ain't got to tell you that he caught a body coming down the lane. I ain't got to tell you that he was hitting multiple step back threes. I ain't got to tell you none of that because you already know that Mac Mansell could play. He was the MVP of the tournament by far, by far the best player there. And, you know, and we're going to talk about college commitments. And he just announced today what school he was going to go to next year. So we're going to talk about that in a few. But Mac Mansell got it done, man. They got the championship. They won it all. And Mac Mansell was the best player. That's all I got to say there because I don't need to talk about the kid. No more. I haven't talked about him for a year. I've been talking about for maybe over a year that the kid is a stud and he showed that over the weekend. They got it done. So while we're talking about college commitments and schools that some of these guys will be going to, let's talk about Central Michigan and Eastern Michigan. And you know they got new coaches, but now they need players. They need players to commit. They need players to offer. And look at Eastern, um, not even in two weeks, they offer uh, Kevin David Rice. They offer Javante Randall. They offer another kid. Uh, from the Dream City team out in uh, Arizona. And those guys, two or three of those guys commit. Kevin, da Kevin David Rice commits. Javante Randall was supposed to announce in two weeks. Uh, but I like to see that, he, and, and they've offered Keon Minifield. Now, I think it was one more Michigan guy that they offered. Not quite sure. It's not on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but they also get Colin Golston to transfer back from Siena. Well, how does he get a guy from Siena? Well, if you bring in Bob Simons, allegedly, because it hasn't been uh, posted yet officially. If you bring him back and he was an assistant at Siena, well, our assistant from the Senate get a kid from Michigan, and now the coach goes from Siena to Eastern Michigan. What you think he going to do? He going to bring back the guy that he had from Michigan. That's exactly what he does. Colin Golson out of, out of Ferndale. Uh, we've talked about on this podcast, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, strong, athletic. I mean, he's he, he gets it done in the paint. He, he's like a, a Montrez Herald type of guy, um, not going to shoot too many threes, even though he can, uh, but he gets the dirty work done inside. So that was, that was a good pickup. Picking up Kevin David Rice was good, a big 6'5 wing out of Detroit. I mean, out of Delta Community College, he averaged 25 points per game on a JUCO level. So he already got it done against college level players. So I think he's a college level guy. So they got him. They picked up those three commitments. So it's, I like to see. Them picking up commitments from Michigan guys. And Central Michigan, same thing. They get a commitment from Brian Taylor. Brian Taylor was at UIC, was playing a little bit in the rotation, um, not getting one getting 20, 25 minutes. Uh, he decides to put a very good pickup for them uh, because you want to get some of these guys to bounce back. Now, like I said before, you don't want to get all Michigan guys. You're going to need some guys from other areas. But the important the importance needs to be there where you take care of home first. So even though they got a commitment from Cameron Neal Healy out of Alb Albany, who's an Aussie, and I'm not even gonna get started on the Aussies. I ain't gonna get started there. Good player, but he ain't from Michigan. Um, so they announced him first. So I was glad to see Brian Taylor uh, from Detroit Edison that had a good career there in high school from Detroit commit to Central Michigan. So I like even though that Central and Eastern have new hires, they are putting their flag down and saying, you know what, we have to make an impact in Michigan. Other commitments I would like to talk about, Kendall Smith. Kendall Smith, 
is a is a kid, a six eight kid that was playing. He's out of Reese Puffer. Uh, was playing for the Grand Rapids Storm, I believe. Uh, he's got he had offers from all the small level schools, Albion and Cornerstone and Olivet and you name it. He he had offers from all his schools. Uh, but he decided to go to Lake State. And the one thing that Lake State does is they're going to get Michigan kids. Their AD has told their head coach, listen, we want Michigan guys in our program. And that's what they're doing. I mean, they had an all-league guy, uh, Kimon Bassett, out of Detroit King. He was second-team all-gliac. He's a Michigan kid out of school craft. Will probably have a good career in the next one or two years. But you, 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 you can tell that the Lake State program – they want kids from Michigan, and they got another kid out of Kendall Smith. He's got a very high upside, very high upside. That's why all the small schools wanted him, and he was waiting for that D2 offer. He got it from Lake Superior State, and that's where he commits to. And then Braylon Green. We talked about Braylon Green last week, and then lo and behold, two days later after I dropped the podcast, who offers Braylon Green? Michigan State. Now, when Michigan State offers, that, that raises some eyebrows. Like, hold on, Michigan State offered? That's a high major offer. I mean, you, you looking at if he doing that, then it's some big tier schools like, hold on now. If, if state is offering, we need to might we might need to be on the phone. How state is probably on the phone. Like, I need to call base fundamentals and I need to find out what's going on with Braylon Green. And I tried to told I tried to told you last week that the kid was a stud. And then lo and behold, a couple days later, he gets an Alabama offer. Cause NATO's ain't no fool. NATO's just like, hold on. Wait a minute. There's a guard in Michigan putting up numbers like this. I need to get him. I need to at least offer him so I can have a chance to recruit this kid because in two weeks, you ain't no telling what his recruitment is going to look like. Ain't no telling what high major school is going to offer him next because they're coming. They're coming. This won't be the first. It won't be the last. So now in the last two weeks, he's got an offer from Mississippi State. He's got an offer from Michigan. He's got an offer from Alabama. I'm telling you right now, he's going to pick up three or four next week. He keep playing the way he plays. He's playing at a high level. High level. And the 23 class is a class you want to get in on because the 22 class, if you got a junior coming back, well, he's going to come back for the 22 class. So you want to be looking at that 23 class so you let all these transfers, they they go, you let your seniors come back and they play next year. Those guys are gone. And then now you can bring in the studs. And Braylon Green is a stud. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most, man. And the one thing I wanted to talk about, I'm going to be on SUV TV tonight, 9 o'clock. Hopefully, I get this podcast out before then. Hope you tune in because we're going to be talking about Imani Bates. And he decided to decommit from Michigan State this week. He opens up his recruitment. He says he's open to college and he's open to pro. But what does this mean for Imani Bates? Well, really what it means, I think the commitment to Michigan State a couple years ago was basically to get the coaches off of them, to get the schools to stop calling. Don't worry about it. If you go to college, you can go. it's either Michigan State or the pros. And then you come to find out, you come to look at it, does a Monty Bates game fit at Michigan State? I mean, right now he can't go to the NBA, so it's either going to be college or pro. And that pro means G League, that pro means overseas elite, which hasn't played a game yet. I know people dropping money bags. Uh, the guy from um, Microsoft, I mean, Bezos, is putting money in it. Now, they got some NBA players. They got CP3 and Carmelo some guys. There's some money in the league, but they ain't played the game yet. So, ain't no guarantees. So, you got that. And you got the G League. And you see what the G League did for, for Jalen Green. He's still a top prospect. So, you can go to the G League. You get the bag for $250,000 for a year and still get drafted in the top three. Or you can go overseas. Go overseas like LaMelo. LaMelo went overseas to the NBL out in Australia. And he had 15 and 8 a game. 
He did what he was supposed to do, came back, he's a lottery pick. So what does Amani Bates do? Well, some of this is, okay, now he's open to be recruited. Now it's, all right, we're, we're ready, we can handle the load because it's only a certain amount of schools that's going to call him. If you're a mid-major, you are wasting your time calling Amani Bates. You're wasting your time. The high majors will call, and not even all the high majors, but the high majors are going to call. And they're going to recruit you. So since him opening up his recruitment, he already had an offer from Michigan. We're going to talk about that. He already had an offer from Michigan. Has an offer from Michigan State, even though it decommits. But he picks up an offer from Texas. He picks up an offer from Memphis. And he picks up an offer from George Washington. Sorry, George Washington. You're wasting your time. Just whatever, whatever end you got on the money base, you're not, you're not, you're not getting him. Sorry. Just sorry. Now, Texas, you can say, well, he could be looked at as the next coming of Kevin Durant. Only difference is Kevin Durant played for a different coach. That coach that's at Texas now ain't the same coach that was there when Kevin Durant was there. Totally different regime. Totally different coach. So is he willing to say, forget everybody, we're just going to give you the ball every possession, you just go to work? I don't know. The Big 12, you got to be a big boy. You got to have a certain type of mentality to play up in the Big 12. You got to have a mentality to play in Texas? Man, because they got some big boys. And, and guess what? When they play team, uh, team final, them boys are from Texas. They wasn't playing around. Them guys ain't playing around. So uh, Amani Bates is going to have to figure it out. Me personally, I think he needs to go to college. I think he needs to go to college and understand that the further you go along in this basketball journey that you're on, you're going to meet some guys that's just as good as you. You, you are. You could be the best player in the country. At some point, you got to play against number two. You got to play against number three. You got to play against number four and number five. And you got to show out every time. He's the type of player that, in the way social media is now, every time he steps on the floor, he's got to go to work. And that's a lot of pressure for a guy that's 17. That's a lot of pressure to having to be able to, you know, get 30 every time I step on the floor. That's what people want to see. They want to see the highlights. They want to see the dunks. They want to see the three. They want to see everything they see on, on Twitter. But it's some of these guys that's like, hey, my man, you're not doing that tonight. And that's what happened. He ran into some guys in Duncanville out in Texas. And they said, nah, nah, not today, Amani. Uh-uh, we're going to put this grown man's strip on you. We're going to put this grown man's strip on you. And he struggled. He struggled. And a lot of people talked about it. A lot of people talked about him struggling. But a portion of that is, is he has to understand that the longer he plays, the better the players get. The NBA is not a young league. The NBA ain't worried about Amani Bates. Two, three years ago, they're probably worried about when he was the best player, one of the best players in the country as a freshman, they looking like, man, young boy is a stud. I don't know what we're going to do with him in the league in a few years. And in a few years pass, and the NBA is a young league. It's a young league. So you got guys like Zion is, what, 21? John Morant, Luka Doncic, you know, Joker. The Joker, 26? Devin Booker. Devin Booker ain't even 25. So you got these guys, Giannis ain't 30. These guys ain't getting no young and they ain't going nowhere. So you mean in two years, he went to guard guys like Paul George, Giannis, Zion, Jason Tatum, 23, 24, Bradley Beal. I mean, the league is very, very young. So really, the longer it takes for him to get to the NBA might be better off for him. Because if he go anytime soon, it's going to be a struggle because there are high-level players, high, high-level players, and they ain't worried about Monty Bates. Trust me, uh, Adam Silver is not changing the draft rules so Monty Bates can get there a little bit earlier than he's supposed to. Say, no, 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 I got Trey Young. I got Zion. I got John Morant. I got Luka Doncic. 
I, I think we're gonna. I got Devin Booker. I think we're gonna be. I got Jason Tatum. I think we're gonna be okay. I think we're gonna be okay for a while. They're gonna be okay for a while. So Amadi Bates might have to figure it out. Does he go to college? I think he should. I think he should go to college where he can humble himself a little bit, show that he can be coached, right? Change his demeanor, change, you know, what people think of him. Cause people just think of him as just a guy that's just, I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to figure out because there are a lot of people that just like him for no reason. Uh, but you know, when you barking at people and you dunking on them and you screaming all the time, yeah, it's going to be some people unhappy about them. So I think he needs to go to college just to show some humility, to show some, all right, there are parts of my game that I've got to get better at. And he's got to show that he can play with some high level players and still perform at a high level. So I would like to see him go to college, but I'll tell you what, Michigan State ain't the fit for him. And I read an article today about, you know, his dad having a relationship with Jawan Howard for 25 years went to his draft party when Juwan Howard went to the NBA. So they have a connection. So the connection for Monty Bates and Michigan is there. But I don't think the fit is there for the league. The Big Ten ain't had a first all-team, all-NBA player since 2001. Last time I checked is 2021. So the Big Ten ain't had a first-team, all-NBA player in 20 years. So you mean to tell me as a high-level player, I'm going to go and play in the Big Ten? So I'm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have thoughts about that. I don't know. I don't know. I need I need to find out why Josh Jackson went and played in the SEC or played in the Big Twelve. With a Big Twelve, they've had guys that can go to the NBA and play at a very 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 high level. I.e. Kevin Durant, he played in Texas for a year. So if if Kyrie Irving can play in the ACC and Kevin Durant can play in the Big Twelve. Why can't Amani Bates play in those same two leagues? I don't think the Big Ten fits his game. If Amani Bates chooses to go to college, I'm sure it'd be better off him to play in the ACC, be better off him to play in the Big 12, but I'm telling you, him playing in the Big Ten is not a good, it's not a good fit. That's why him decommitting from Michigan State was probably was best for his career because he's not going to be able to showcase his game in the Big Ten. He's not. It's proven. The facts are there. No first team. If that's what your goal is, if your goal is you want to be one of the best basketball players ever, ain't going to happen in the Big Ten. I mean, it just, it is what it is. Now, can Jawan Howard change that? Because he's the only coach in America say, hey, look there, young man. I coach LeBron James. I coach one of the best players ever. These are the things that he does in the offseason. Matter of fact, let me give him a call. You want to talk to him? Jawan Howard can do that. And he has a relationship with his dad, which is huge as well. But does he go to Michigan just because of that connection? He needs to go somewhere where it benefits his game. Him going to Michigan, playing in the Big Ten, I don't think it really benefits his game. But, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out where he's going to go. But I don't. he has to go to somewhere that has the right fit. Now, while we're talking about the NBA, we're going to end off this, this segment. Um, and we're going to talk about the NBA for a little bit. You know, I used to start off my podcast with the NBA. Because, of course, that's the highest level of basketball. But there's plenty other basketball talk that we can have. You ain't got to talk about the NBA all the time. So you got AD that's coming back from an injury for the Lakers. And the Lakers are still struggling. And they're in the sixth. They're teetering under the sixth and seventh seed, which means they'll have to play in a play-in game. So now, all of a sudden, LeBron don't want to play in the play-in game. When, when you asked him a year ago, he was like, oh, yeah, man, the play-in game is good for those teams. It's good for the league. It gets some excitement in the game. And then now all of a sudden, now that you got to play in it, now whoever came up with it should have been fired. Come on, Brian. Come on, man. Which, which one is going to be? Now, you didn't already say you ain't going to be healthy 100% for the rest of your career. And I understand that because you didn't, you're 38, 37, or however old you are. 
You done played 18 seasons. You ain't supposed to be 100%. You ain't never going to be 100%. You done played 18 seasons. Do you know the miles you didn't put on them legs? Of course it's going to break down after a while. I don't care how good your car is. If you drive it for 500,000 miles, at some point the car is going to be like, uh, excuse me, um, yeah, I'm not driving no more. And I used to be able to go to Mexico. I can't go there no more either. Your body's going to tell you when it starts to break down. And it, LeBron's body is telling him, hey, man, you every bit of 36, dog. You every bit of 36. And, you know, old man winner, don't lie. They don't lie. It's going to talk to you. It's going to tell you that, yeah, man, you might want to have to sit down for a couple games. And now that they're in the playing situation, now all of a sudden it's a problem. Like, come on, Brian. You got to be better than that, man. There, there are players in this league that look up to you. There are players in this league that think that they look highly of you. And you can't talk down on the playoff games just because you win one now. You can't do that, man. So I didn't like to see that. LeBron talking about the playing game, man. Just go ahead and win a couple games. Make Don't land in that seventh spot. Uh, I was listening to Jaden Rose today. He said if he finishes um, in the seventh, if he finishes in the playing game, they will not win the title. And I agree. I agree. I don't see the Lakers winning the title if they have to play in the playing game uh, because LeBron and AD is going, like I said last week, it's going to take them a while to get back into the swing of things. Russell Westbrook. That's why I'm just going to call him Russell Westbrook. Man, get that man his props, man. Give him his clout. Give him whatever you need to call him. He's averaging another triple double. I mean, he had a 20, 20, and 15 game the other night. 20 assists. 20 rebounds. Like, that's crazy. I don't see, I don't understand why people talk about him like it's bad. Like, oh, he's stat padding. Like, it's other players in the league that's doing what he's doing. Like, if he's stat padding, why ain't everybody else stat padding? Why ain't Julius Randle stat padding? Why ain't Jason Tatum stat padding? So he's the only guy in the NBA that's going to get all the rebounds. He's going to get all the assists. Uh, I'm sure when you pass the ball to other players, still got to make it. So he ain't just... He ain't just stat patting. He playing hard. He playing every possession, man. Russell Westbrook, one of the top guards in this game. You might not like it or not. You might not like the way he doing it. And he doing it for Washington, who started off the, the year two and what, 15 or something crazy. For them to be able to be in a playing game opportunity is huge for the Wizards because guess what? You don't want to see that two-headed monster, Bradley Beal and, and Russell, Russell Westbrook. Who guard them two guys? Not me. <laughs> who guard them guys for more than three games? Not me. I mean, that's a tough matchup for seven for a series. So I know even in the East, and I don't see them going far, but having to play them in a playing game, and you got Russell Westbrook who's going to try to go for a triple-double, who's been averaging a triple-double every game this season and has, has went multiple seasons averaging a triple-double, does the same thing for the Washington Wizards. And they say, oh, well, he can't win. He's not doing this, not doing that. I'm like, hey, look, I can't tell. I mean, he getting it done. Looks like he getting it done to me. So I would not want to play Russell Westbrook and the Wizards in the playoffs. I, I, I wouldn't want to do it unless I'm a top tier team and I got enough bullets in the gun where it don't matter. We're going to hit you with one of them. But I'm telling you right now, Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook is a deadly combination. And they're playing at a very high level when you're supposed to. So watch out for them. And the last thing when we talk about the NBA, the Suns have the number one seed in the West. So it's time to give CP3 his props. Time to give him his props. Devin Booker has been played. But here's the thing about the Suns. Mikael Bridges, very good player. He, he knocks threes down. DeAndre Ayton is all over the glass. 
CP3 getting everybody open. So they're more than just Devin Booker. This ain't the Devin. It used to be the Suns was just Devin Booker and a collection of other guys. Nah, nah, nah. Not anymore. They got guys there that's getting it done. So shouts out to the Suns for, for securing that number one seed out in the West. Um, would like to see what they do with the Clippers. Uh, Denver is on the down road. I don't know if they're going to make it without Jamal Murray. Um, the Lakers, they're, they're injured. AD and LeBron, I don't know if they ever get back to 100%. So it looked like it's probably going to be the Suns and the Clippers coming out the West and out the East. I'm going with the Nets and I'm going with the Bucks. Those are those are my four teams. I'm going with the East and out the West. But it's your coach that knows who's the most, man. We're going to tie this up, man. We're going to let y'all get back to you doing what you need to be doing. But it's your coach that knows who's the most. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of Talking Hoops with Coach Cam, episode six. We still in the mix and I'm I'll holla at you, player. Peace. It's your coach.